This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello, and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Marketplace Strategy at Acadia. And today I am joined by one of my colleagues at Acadia, Seth Hirsch, who is the Head of Analytics at Acadia. With a mind for analyzing, Seth took a number of routes in the data-driven retail universe before winding up as Acadia's Head of Analytics. It's a position that calls for easy explanations of complex issues. He serves as a translator between Acadia's number crunching analysts and the clients themselves, explaining client needs to the analysts and data-driven solutions to clients. Welcome to the show, Seth. Thanks, Kiri. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to do this podcast with you. We've collaborated quite a little bit in recent months talking about Amazon Marketing Cloud, which our two teams are uniquely sort of colliding on the analytics and the Amazon piece. So excited to delve into a completely different topic with you. Yeah, absolutely. I love getting to learn more about the AMC side and happy to share more about some of the other types of analytics work that we do. Yeah. So this episode and next episode, we're going to do a two-parter talking about CDPs or customer data platforms, something that you have a lot of experience with, something that you work with retailers and brands on at Acadia. So it's going to be a two-parter. Let's start with what a CDP is and you know what is the benefit or the promise to brands of implementing a CDP? Yeah, that's great. As you mentioned, CDP stands for Customer Data Platform. And really, I think the best way to think about it is a centralized location with all of your first-party customer data that you might have, brands that have transactional information or loyalty programs or engagement that their customers have within email or their website. And the promise is really that a CDP is going to give a brand this one single view that's perfect across all channels and a neat and tidy way to see the journey that someone goes through from interest in a product or a brand all the way through to conversion and loyalty. And I think what we'll talk more about today is that that promise is maybe sometimes a little bit more than the companies that sell these things have the ability to bite off, but there's also a tremendous value in anyone approaching the idea of gathering their first party data in one central place as well. Yeah, great teaser there. Just out of interest, approximately when did CDPs sort of first spring up and become an accessible option for more retailers? Yeah, I'd say that they've been rebranded as a CDP in the last maybe seven years, but really anybody who's been storing first-party customer data all the way back to like the original term would have been like database marketing, where people were building databases to support their marketing initiatives. And that's been going on for at least 20 years. So definitely something that's been around as a practice, but maybe more as a SaaS solution over the last seven years or so. Gotcha. So is this even as a SaaS solution and not necessarily something that you would build your own system for, what kind of companies benefit from this? Is this really just suited to very 
like large enterprise companies? There are technologies out there for any size company. There's companies that are small direct to consumer brands that maybe just have a Shopify presence all the way up to thousand location brick and mortar retailers that have millions of customers. And so there are definitely solutions out there that are aimed at all different shapes and sizes, as well as other industries. So there's one client that we work with is in the warranty space, and they care a lot about how people go from researching and becoming a lead for their service all the way through to conversion and retention. So it's in all industries and all different sizes. There's different solutions out there. Hmm. So is that sort of when you're speaking with brands, are you sort of fighting a bit of a misconception there that a CDP is just for like, just for an enterprise retailer or an enterprise brand? I think some people definitely come to it with that frame of mind. And really the challenge is that whether you have 10,000 customers or 10 million customers, using your first party data is extremely important. And I think a lot of people go from, I had a business that I only had 300 customers and I was shipping their products directly myself to 10,000 where you can't do that anymore. And anytime you reach that point where you can't physically communicate with all your customers, then you have to start relying on technology to help you do it more efficiently. And that's where things like a CDP come into play. That's a really interesting point. I just want to underscore that anytime you can't physically communicate with any of your customers individually anymore. And you mentioned a warranty, a client in the warranty space. It might be helpful to talk through a few examples of how retailers or brands are using CDPs, whether from your own direct experience with working with clients or great case studies that you've heard of. Could we talk through the warranty one? Could we talk through a loyalty one a little bit just to give a flavor of exactly what does it mean when you say communicating directly with each customer? Yeah, that's great. I think in the warranty space, I mean, it's a considered purchase. It's something that that somebody's going to spend some time really figuring out, is this the right solution for me? They might compare to competitors and see what the price differences are or how the benefits of one plan versus another compare to one another. And in doing that, in theory, they're going to be browsing pretty deep within a brand's website. They're going to be reading up on pricing, and they're going to be visiting important pages throughout the web experience before they ultimately convert. And they might do that over the course of three or four visits to the website as they're going through that research process. And the benefit of a CDP is the ability to stitch together the different touch points that a customer has with the brand. So maybe they browse the website look at a few things, and then maybe they call. And so they've moved from the digital space to a physical or a real-world phone call. And in doing that, there's not a lot of great ways to connect that data anymore. And so a CDP offers the ability to help a brand start to stitch together what happened in in that digital interaction to the phone call that was made. And then maybe they even come back to the website to ultimately convert. And so... Or the warranty company, just the ability to start to look at what's happening across these different channels and then how they can then start to use what they know about where someone is in the purchase funnel to deliver relevant messages. So CDPs also include not only the tracking component of where somebody is in the journey, but also how to send them an email or an SMS 
message or any ability to distribute that data to Facebook so that ads can be delivered to that individual, being able to use that data to deliver relevant messages to where the customer is in their journey at that point in time. That's a great example. That really helps me at least understand how this works. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. Do you have any other examples that can help bring the CDP opportunity life for listeners? Yeah. One of our clients is a direct consumer e-commerce company in the luxury space. They sell high-end luxury goods. And for them, again, it's something where they have people that might take multiple visits to ultimately convert and they're going to research and they're going to buy the right product when they're making such a considered purchase. And so they want to know what items did someone browse and to be able to deliver messages about products like that one in all channels that someone might be interacting with. So if you want to help that person convert, we might want to have ads going in Facebook. And if somebody searches for similar terms in Google, we want them to find us first and to be able to make sure that when we have information about a customer and where they are in the journey, that it can go to absolutely every platform that a brand might use. So we have clients like this one that they push data to their DSP so that they can use it for targeting programmatic ads. They push it to their email platform so that if an email goes out that day, it's relevant to where that person is in their journey. So again, CDPs are both the collection of data, but also the distribution of data to as many different platforms that a brand might use as possible. Great. So this sort of I guess the business questions that a CDP can answer is who is shopping? What does that activity look like? What does an ideal path to purchase look like? What kind of messages can we show in advertising and emails? Any other sort of major business questions that CDPs help to answer? Really, it's about getting as close to one-to-one in our communications as possible. That being like you said, both the messaging side of what can we say to be relevant to this individual and then the ability to have that data be present in our channels that we're executing in. So this all sounds great. What's the catch? Why doesn't everyone have a CDP? Yeah, that's a prevalent question. The thing that's really been the large disruptor here in the last couple of years is privacy changes, especially as we're talking about the digital aspect of this data. So somebody's browsing my website, a lot of these CDPs were built around, we can help you capture all the engagement on your website and then tie it to data that you might have from other channels like a brick and mortar store or calling on a phone. And the challenge with privacy now is cookies are going away. They're already away in about 40% of the internet. We also have iOS 14, which changed things dramatically from a mobile data capture standpoint. And so now we have it where these technologies were built on cookies and being able to track identifiers that are no longer available. And so a lot of people are still spending tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on really expensive tools, the high end of the market, and they're not delivering on the promise anymore of being able to resolve someone's identity between different channels and different devices. And so we have clients that one particular client that implemented a CDP that they were spending good money on. And what they ended up finding is that they tested it on themselves. So they browsed 
a number of different times where they could find it. And they ended up finding that they themselves were about 20 different users on the website. And so it's been really challenging for brands to capture some of that digital data like they were able to in years past, which is definitely one of the big challenges that also underscores like making sure that people have a wise investment in in the right tools given their situation. Just to dig into that example, just so I understand. So they sort of went to their own, let's assume like e-commerce site and displayed some sort of behavior and checked out. And then later when the client was looking back at their CDP data, they saw themselves, but they, you said that they themselves were 20 different users. What does that mean? Yeah. So again, if the promise of this is that you can have all of my engagement tied to my customer record so that you can use it for execution purposes and those sending the right message to me at the right time. But my message is now distributed over what looks like 20 different users. And oh, so I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm not able to, you might see that I browsed certain products in one visit. And then the next time I actually purchased, well, those two are not connected anymore. Oh, I see. Challenges mm-hmm. with capturing the first party data in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And even like within a household, surely that's difficult with multiple different users using the same IP address. Or I think about this as well, like when I'm at the office, at the Acadia office in Atlanta, there's, you know, 50 people online at the same time. Am I thinking about it too simplistically? It's not necessarily IP, but it's like browser data. It could be device. Yeah. So it's definitely more granular than IP in that case. But still, like if you came from your really iOS 14 has been a big challenge of this. So if you're coming from your iPhone to look at a website and then you come back again, the ability to tie those two visits to an individual user has become much more challenging than it had been previously. Right. In case anyone hadn't figured it out yeah, this is definitely a 101 episode because this is my 101 (laughs) intro to CDPs. I'm asking true beginners questions because I really don't know anything about how this all works, but this is super helpful. Another sort of maybe a little bit of a red herring, but I always laugh when people are saying, oh, my iPhone is listening to me because I was talking about, I don't know, Star Wars the other day and then I'm you know seeing ads for... Star Wars TV shows or toys or something like that. As the privacy changes have gotten locked everything down more, can you explain a little bit more of, you know, what we were able to do in the past that we're no longer able to do and not including iPhones listening to what the <laughs> conversations are? <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but I would definitely say one of the biggest things has been so far has been the impact on Facebook and their advertising. Facebook before was able to use cookie data and device ID information to be able to basically see what people were doing not on Facebook. People who had implemented the Facebook pixel and just Facebook had visibility to a much larger percentage of web traffic than Facebook alone. And Through iOS 14 and the challenges that they now have in tracking things that happen on other platforms, it's not so much about what's happening on Facebook itself because you're logged in and Facebook has a lot of first party information about what's happening in Facebook. But it's that data that they had on 
signals that someone might have been showing outside of Facebook. And that's really what Facebook no longer has the ability to view in the same way that they could before. And ultimately, that's made it where Facebook's not able to measure the effectiveness of its ads as much. So where they might have been able to see a view through conversion where someone was exposed to an ad and didn't click on it, but ultimately we see the conversion take place on another site. Those are much harder to track. And then also that's led to Facebook ads costing more because they're not as been able to prove as much effectiveness. And so it's caused the cost of ads to increase as well. So that's a place where maybe the first party data has been hard. The limitation of only being able to track first party data has become a challenge for brands and makes it all that more important that brands opt people in to receive information from them and ask customers for their preferences and give customers the ability to opt out. That's really where it circles back to a CDP and the benefits for someone to capture that kind of data. I just want to make a little segue into my other favorite topic, which is Amazon. So with the CDP, ostensibly, you could use that as your first party data to bring into Amazon Marketing Cloud and sort of marry up to their user data and use that with audience targeting, mapping the customer journey as well, right? Yes, absolutely. So I think not only can you use it for the measurement side of Amazon Marketing Cloud, but also you can use it for the distribution of audiences into DSP as well. So being able to, DSP being another destination that someone might want to deliver a targeted message to someone through. So having, using your CDP to push audiences for that as well. Yeah, for sure. That's super interesting. And I think for, I mean, people listening to this show are generally brands that sell physical items, but I'm seeing more and more use cases for non-endemic brands that don't sell items on Amazon or that could still use this kind of system. But let's move on to some of the other catches or challenges of CDPs so we can close out this topic here. CDPs can be expensive to implement, right? That's part of the reason why a lot of companies don't have them. Why is that? Why are they expensive to implement or manage? A lot of the CDPs have had to build out parts of so many different pieces of technology. And I guess what I mean by that is the data component and storing all this data is one element. A lot of them have their own built-in email marketing platform. So you can send your emails through their system. They have to build the mechanism to capture data from a website and ingest it. They have to stitch all that together. So really the, the promise was that you got one place to do all these things, but it's expensive to build all that technology. And it's also, you're essentially bought into that one company's version of all of those solutions. So you're not buying one thing. Chances are you're buying three or four things or maybe even more. And so along with the cost, it's also that you've selected one technology to deliver on a number of things. And it's much more difficult in that case to be the best at all of those things. Mm. So you mentioned the CDP will often include be inclusive of an email system, data capture. What else is typically bundled up there? Data capture, identity resolution, which is about like resolving that 
these two records are really the same person. There's other things that the pushing the data to different destinations. So the ability to say, I have this great information. Now I want to send it to Amazon or I want to send it to Facebook and the pushing, having all the connections that you might want to the relevant partners that you would want to push data to is another piece of it. Right. I see what you mean. So a CDP has to be good at all of those things, but it's kind of difficult to be good at all of those things at the same time. Exactly. So what does that mean in practice that those CDPs having to be, I think you said jack of all trades, master of none? Yeah, I think usually you'll find that a lot of people are extremely happy with how it does one or two things, but disappointed in another. So you're forced to cover those gaps with other technology and building around those shortfalls. So I think it definitely leaves you still in that place where you've got to stitch together different pieces of technology that you maybe didn't think you were going to need to by buying a one-stop shop. Yeah. Right. So that makes sense as to, you know, the limitations of CDPs. So you've told me your team works with CDPs, implements them. So there's still something here, but despite all the challenges, brands still want to implement them. You've told me before that the magic bullet is not in the software itself. It's in the team using the software. So that, you know, where from an agency that might sound a little bit self-serving, but you've actually built software in this space as well. So you have a more credible point of view than most people (laughs) would actually imagine. So could you explain your thesis there a little bit more and what your experience has been? Absolutely. Yeah. And I love technology. I'm a huge fan of the different tools that have been created and our team uses them all the time. And so where I've come to feel for this situation is that if there is no one-stop shop, and I think Anybody who's tried has felt some of the challenges of some tool that says it can do everything. Then we're left with like, who is best at doing each of these individual things? And what we've come to believe in when it comes to CDPs is a concept of an unbundled CDP. And that means that whereas before it was jack of all trades, master of none, there is an opportunity to go and find the parts and pieces that do each of the components best and integrate really nicely together. Like there have been tools that have been created that are really meant to work with others that deliver parts of that full CDP solution. But instead of delivering all of it, they're going to say, we do this part really well. And these other people do these other parts extremely well. Let's use them all together to create a solution. And that's what we tend to build for our clients. Our clients, this is really all spun up around data warehouses in the cloud, whether it's people having their data in Snowflake, which is extremely shareable and in a very secure way, or other cloud platforms as well. It then allows them to share that data in all the ways that a CDP had promised using tools There's tools that I was talking before about the part of it that pushes data out to other destinations. Well, there are tools that have have come up that are entirely dedicated to building connectors with hundreds of different destinations that you might want to send data to. So if you use HubSpot or Salesforce or Facebook for advertising or Amazon, that there are platforms that have built easy ways to push your first party data to all those destinations. And it's not part of 
a larger technology investment. It just does that one thing right. very well. Yeah. So sort of integrating a collection of best-in-class tools rather than looking for that one-stop shop, which in your experience has been generally disappointing. Exactly. And I think email marketing is another one that there are companies that are really big in the email marketing space that have built their own CDPs. But then there's companies that are amazing at just the email portion of it that can connect nicely to data in Salesforce or to connect, deliver data back to Salesforce after an engagement happens in an email platform. And that really is, again, back to the promise of one place with all your data. Well, it doesn't necessarily need to be the same person that's sending your emails or pushing your data to Facebook. Doing all of those things is challenging. That makes a lot of sense. So this has been a great 101 intro to CDPs. In our next conversation, Seth, we're going to go a little bit deeper into when it makes sense for a company to invest in this kind of setup, what common structures you see in place and the pros and cons of those, more examples, how you sort of stitch everything together. So if you've listened this far, I'm guessing you're interested in getting into the weeds a little bit more. We'll be getting into the weeds in part two of this conversation. Thanks for joining me, Seth. Absolutely. Looking forward to the next time.